You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that over your Bible at John chapter 8. We're going to continue having a look at acting on the Word of God. As you may have been with us for some time, we've been talking around the concept of the integrity of the Word. If you were not here for those sessions, I really want to encourage you, they are on all our podcast and live stream media, is we spent some time looking in the Scriptures, seeing that God is Word and the Word is God. John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then Jesus came into the earth and manifested that Word in flesh. He is the Word in flesh. And in the earth, he demonstrated the power of that word. He lived by that word. The Bible says he fully pleased the Father. And it's impossible to please God without faith. So Jesus operated in the realm of faith. He taught faith. He taught the kingdom of God, taught how to work the word, walk with the word, put the word into action. And then he said something interesting. And he said, the same works that I do, you will do also. So he wasn't just saying, I'm God, watch me, now worship me, because you've seen how amazing I am. No, he was saying, this is how you ought to live. When he did things, the disciples were sometimes shocked, and they would say, you have faith. You can also say. You can also do. And so he kept showing us that we can live by that word. And we saw how God, when he sends his word, it's for purpose. God never says anything just to pass the time or for conversation. He'll have a conversation with you, but it's always purpose-driven, always has intent to it. We can learn a lot from that in our conversations. Say amen. Amen. Instead of breaking down and criticizing and moaning and complaining, let's put purpose into our conversations. And as you become that way minded like God, he says, imitate me, imitate God, we, as we become imitators of God, we live like Him, then we will see the creative power begin to work in us and through us, demonstrating the way the kingdom of God should operate. And Jesus showed us that we can do that. So whenever God sends His Word, it has a reason and purpose to it so that we can take that very same Word and put it into action in our lives. Now, a lot of times when people are... When we hear these things for the first time, we may see others operating in it. We may try it here and there, and we're not sure why it's not working for us. I don't know about you. When I first started hearing faith, and my pastor, Apostle Theo, was teaching on faith and gave me all his testimonies, I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then I tried it, and it seemed like all hell broke loose. It's like every, every demon, you want to open your mouth, and you reassign the whole planet's worth of demons to my house. Come on, have you ever felt that way? Thank you very much. You're supposed to go, ta-da, put the word out there. I mean, that's how my pastor made it sound, you know. An enemy came, and I put the word in action, and boom, this happened. And it didn't quite seem that way for me. And so as I grew in maturity, there's some things that I've learned. and, And you realize that God has given us the wisdom to get through it. See, here's the one thing we got to know and got to understand. Someone's people say, I don't understand this. I've taken the word, I put it into action, and it seems like things go wrong. Who told you that now that you're applying faith, your life's going to be a bed of roses? 
Who, who said it's going to be, you know, all wonderful and, and, and rainbows and songs? And If anyone told you that, they lied to you. Because, in fact, when you put the word into action, it seems like it got worse. You, you got more attention from the enemy. And it says, well, then let's rather stay away from it. No, no, that's exactly the person that deceives themselves. says, you hear the word, don't do it. You deceive yourself. It's a very, that's a dangerous place to be. But the word does give us promise. God does tell us that we can overcome every problem. You can get through every problem. This is that which overcomes even our faith. And so we recognize that faith when you hear the faith message and you speak the faith message, you're always going to speak from the position of victory. But it doesn't mean there's not going to be any problems. See, that's where some of those people misunderstand the faith. They, when they go and they read scriptures, look at this Paul and look at this one and look at that one. So, so you, all you word of faith people, tell, tell us about all these problems. Who said we're not going to have problems? Nobody. I've never heard anyone preach that. So sit down for a little longer and listen to the whole message instead of snippet on YouTube. Your front prayer open to prayer close. Then tell me what you've heard somebody say. I heard that preacher, he said this. Where did you hear that? On somebody else who took just the sentence. Just in my opening now, someone could find a sentence somewhere and, and tear it apart. But the point is that you've got to know the beginning and the end in order to understand the truth. So what am I saying? Anyone that says because you walk by faith, you're never going to experience any challenge has missed the message because there is an adversary, verse, adversary out there and he's trying to take you down because of the word of God. He comes for the word's sake. So the key is to understand this, there is a solution. God has given us the solution. John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, how many of you believe in Jesus here? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, who's he talking to? Jews already believe. These are his disciples. They already believe. And yet Jesus says there's something that will make you free. That means even when you're born again, you can land up in a place where the enemy wants to tell you you're in bondage. It's not like you now are free forever. So it's possible to believe and not be free. These are the Jews that believe. I'm telling you how you can be made free. Why would you tell them that if they weren't free? So it can land up, even as a believer, that you land up in a situation where you feel like you're in bondage again. You're struggling again. You're battling again. But I'm telling you how you can get free every time is when you know the truth. That truth. Which truth? The one that you're abiding in, the word. If you abide in my word. That word in the, in the King James is if you continue. Everybody say continue. Say it again. 
He's saying, yeah, if you continue, if you stay in the word, there's, there's a fight to faith. Why would it be called the good fight of faith? Well, the good fight tells you it, 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 this is going to be successful. You're going to win this one. It's already won for you in the realm of the spirit. God considers you one. But it is going to not miss the word fight. It's good, but there's still a fight. And we spoke last time about Abram, how when he had to cut covenant with God, God told him that he must cut those animals in a certain way. And God was only going to come walk with him later. But in the meantime, buzzards were coming to try and steal that meat. Until God arrived, he had to keep, now God doesn't arrive, he's always there, but until he manifests, he had to fight those buzzards off. He had to fight off those vultures and, and the birds of prey. And so when you're putting out your prayer, there's gonna be a fight. The enemy's gonna do everything to steal that sacrifice off your floor. Are you with me? So you're coming before God, and you putting his word out, the enemy's going to try and steal that. You have, there, there is a fight. There's that consistency. If you abide, if you continue in my word. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest any of you fall according to the same example of disobedience. Who's he talking about here? The children of Israel who through the promised land, they had, uh, through the wilderness heading for the promised land, they had a word from God that he would deliver them from Egypt, taking them to a land of promise. And yet every step of the way they moaned and complained. And if God is God, why has he brought us out here to die? When's he going to feed us? When's he going to give us water? When's he going to... And meanwhile, they're getting water and food all the time. Like they are provided... Give me a break. They're in the wilderness and they're eating food falling out of heaven. And yet, where's God? Complaining, moaning the whole way. Why? Because every step, even though they had everything, they didn't believe God would do it for them tomorrow. There was always that tomorrow in the question. And that disobedience... The word calls it, yeah. It says, now we must work. We must put effort into getting to a place of rest because the word of God, verse 12, is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, the reason I read that verse 13 is notice it says there's no creature hidden from, from whose sight? His sight, not its sight. His sight. Now, what's the subject here? Verse 12, the word of God. The word of God is living. There's no creature hidden from his sight. Family, we must renew our mind. Now, I know you've heard me say it many times before, but that, that's how we renew our mind, by hearing it over and over and over. Stop thinking of the Word of God as a book, as a printed page, as your Bible. Because if we just think of it as a book, you're always going to think about 
you know, there's all these other books written by Shakespeare and all these other authors, and there's just a pile of books, and then on the end, yeah, there's another one called the Bible. And then someone says, yeah, there's 66 books. Yeah, no, 66 books, there they are. But that's not what it is. The Word of God is living. He is the Word. Now, this will never happen because we know that the Word bears it out. But if somebody, you know, someone else says, how can you be sure that, that all those books are the right books? And what about the books that aren't there? And what about these other chapters that some people have found? And why wasn't that put in the Bible? I'm sure many of you have heard those kind of arguments. The point is, if you could somehow, somehow they could forensically <laughs> prove it, sign it, whatever, at that Bible that's in your lap there, that's a whole forgery. I wouldn't change what I believe one bit. Why? Because everything that's in there, I've heard. I've met him. I have met, I've met, I have met the living God. Now, I thought everybody else who met him would have been shouting amen by now. Or are you still trying to be convinced? Because if, if you have not had that encounter with God, I encourage you, it's time to get born again, to get saved, so that you have the living God in you. In other words, I don't care if I strip everything from you, everything out your house, the book, take the book away from you, take every degree away from you, every Bible college certificate taken all away from you, and you left standing naked in the middle of nowhere with nothing, you know exactly how to call on the Word of God and get you right back to where He wants you to be. See, I don't live because a book exists. I live because I met the living Christ. The li this is not a religion. It's not something that we do as a philosophy. I don't need teachers to try and convince me this is the truth. I've spent enough time in the Word myself. I've heard His voice. He's shown Himself true. He said, if you do this, this will happen. I did it. It happened. And I did it again. And I did it again. And I did it again. I spoke to somebody about my prayers being answered. And they said, well, you know, coincidences happen. Listen, after the, you know, the thousandth time, we can stop thinking of coincidence. You drop a pen, it drops. 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 Oh, that's a coincidence. No, it's a law. And the Word of God is law. I'm not talking about the, the religious laws. I'm talking about being the way God has written it into His Word. He is, He's given you a written manifestation of who He is. But that's only to get you to His presence once you meet Him. Now you hear from him clearly and he directs you and leads you. And have you noticed that since you met him, that book no longer is just a, a printed page. It comes to life. You read something, whoa, I never saw that before. Haven't you read through your Bible yet? No, I've read that many times. I can't tell you how many times I've been through the book cover to cover to cover. Many, every year I go through it at least once. Now you get to, whoa, look at that. What's that? Living word. Living word. And so we, in that place of, of recognizing that God is God and the Word is God, then I'll step away from just hoping that's true because I read it. You get to a place where I read it because He's revealing an aspect of who He is. But He is the Word. 
He is the Word. I really want to keep encouraging you. Keep remembering that He is the Word. When you read something, maybe you're reading, maybe a new believer here, and you read or hear something up from the pulpit the first time, you go, wow, I didn't know that's in the Bible. Now you know God. You know more of Him. You know who He is. And Hebrews 4 verse 14 says, Seeing we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast our confession. Now, when we struggle with issues, when we fail, I know when I used to, you know, when I was saying, talking about just now, when I put things into action by faith and then it didn't work out the way I thought it worked, I made a quality decision to remember always God never lies. Not only does he not lie, he also said he watches over his word to perform it. So he never fails. In fact, the Bible says love never fails and God is love. So if God never fails, he never lies. He says, I will. That means he will. We've got to trust the integrity of God. He said it, it's done. Then how come this is not working? And I found one, there's, there's two major reasons that Christians will fail in this area of faith. Number one, either they do not know what the word says about that situation, because your level of faith can only rise to the limit of what you know. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's why God gives you a preacher. How will they hear unless they have a preacher? And so God sends a man of God into your life to deliver the word you need to know. That's why it is important where you go to church. It's not just I'm going to worship God. You can worship God on an island on your own and the presence of God will be there. But the reason we come together like this is for equipping to hear what the word says on an issue. Right now, family, this world is facing turmoil. We know it's ridiculous what's happening. Yeah, even in South Africa, the amount of challenges that we need to face right now and then spiraling costs and the interest rate that's just got out of control and all these things, we can bring those things into control. And we don't have to be influenced by those things. They don't have to affect us. And I don't want that fear to be in you. doesn't matter what happens around you. You have a place, yeah, as long as you come, we'll feed you the right faith and you can go out and still be victorious. Shout amen. amen. And so number one is they don't have word, the correct word for the situation they're in. And if they do have the right word, then number two, the only other reason then is if you've got the word, yes, I know this, hallelujah, I believe that, amen, then they're not holding fast. That's the only reason there'll be a faith failure. It's not God's fault. Maybe God had a greater plan in that. No, no. Don't, don't ever blame God for something the devil does. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have life more abundantly. So it's not the lack of God or his word. It's either not knowing the word or not holding fast to the word you do know. 
the truth you know if you continue in it. Come have a look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? How many believe Jesus is your Savior? Let me see your hand. That means you're born again. How many believe Jesus is your Lord? Now, that is not the same question. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and we think it's the same flavor, same. No, it's not. Savior means you're born again. You're going to heaven. But Jesus qualified what Lord means. Savior has no action to it except believing. If you believe and confess with your mouth, you say, by grace you save by Faith, not of yourselves, is not because of works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God. So there's no work you can do to get saved. All you have to do is say, He is my God. I believe Jesus is raised from the dead. You're saved. That's it. But Lord has an action. I said, Lord has an action. If I'm saying, Jesus, you are my Lord, he looks to, he watches. Don't tell me I'm Lord. Let me see I'm Lord. Why do you call me Lord and not do the things which I say? Whoever, 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 whoever's here, put your hand up. Bump your neighbor and say, there I am again. It's like every week I find I'm in the book. Amen. Amen. If you didn't put your hand up, maybe you're a whatever. <laughs> but it says, whatever is born of God, <laughs> whatever is born of God, isn't that right? So with you, whoever, whatever, there you are. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, does them, I will show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house, dug deep, and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it. Why? It was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now you can imagine somebody walking past and seeing this man's house lying in a heap, in a pile on the floor. And they may say, wow, the storm destroyed his house. And that is not so. The storm did not destroy that house. How do I know that? Because it's the same storm that hit the other man's house. If the storm was destroying houses, every house would be destroyed. It's not the storm that destroyed the house. Oh, Jesus, help me get this through. You just don't know what I'm going through. 
If you had the problems I have, the problems are not destroying you, honey. It's not the problem. I don't care how big the problem gets. If you think the problem's destroying you, it'll destroy you every time. If all my storms stopped, my problems would be over. Uh-uh, the enemy will find some other way. He has got a storm with your name written on it. He knows what storm will work in your life. He's watched you long enough. He knows what can affect you. He knows how you think, how you react. He watched you as a kid, growing up as a teenager, as a young adult. He saw all the insecurities. He saw all the problems. He saw what happened in your household. He saw all the hurts, all the abuses. He's seen everything, and he knows exactly which buttons to push. He knows how to create the perfect storm. Now, that's not to put fear in your life. It's to understand there is a solution because both these houses faced the same storm, but the one, even when the storm came, it was strong. Why did the storm destroy the the second house? Why did the storm destroy the second house? Because it wasn't tied down. It wasn't rooted. It wasn't grounded. It had no foundation. It's the only reason it got destroyed. The other one stood. Why? It was locked in, had a foundation on the rock. You go read the same account in Matthew chapter 27. I want to use this as the cross reference because I want to prove the point. Verse 24, these are the sayings of mine, those that does them, I will like him to a wise man. Everybody say wise man. He built his house on the rock. Listen to this. The rain descended, put a one there. Two, the floods came. Three, the winds blew. And they beat on that house. And it did not fall. It was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Listen to this now. Number one, the rain descended. Number two, floods came. Three, winds blew. Four, beat on the house. One, two, three, four. Identical. And beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So they both had exactly the same storm come. It's easy to look at our problems, think no one else is going through what I'm going through. No, there is somebody. It may have even gone through, it may have gone through worse problems. Well, I don't, you look at, I don't see how that's possible. No, Pastor Allen never faces what I face. How do you know? Well, look at your life. Look at your life. You're looking at a rock, a house, rocked into the lock. Locked into the rock. House locked into the rock. See, if that house is locked down and it's built right and it's on that rock, 
You can send any storm you want. I mean, I'm tied down, locked down, put down, got steel and girders and strong and anchors and I mean, you think of a bunker built into a rock. You can send a nuclear bomb outside and I'm inside. What was that? Can you see that? You see that picture? No matter what you send, if you're in that house, founded on the rock, now, what was the difference? Look at verse 24. Whoever hears these sayings of mine, verse 26, whoever hears these sayings of mine, they both were in church. They heard the same message. You could have been sitting next to each other. person sitting next to you, one can be wise, one could be foolish. I'm sure you think you're the wise one. So both heard. What's the difference? Verse 24. Whoever hears these sayings and does them. Verse 26. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Those are the only sentences. That's the only phrase that's different in the whole two phrases. The two accounts. Those are the only two phrases that are different. Can you see that? The one does the word, the other one does not do the word. They hear it, shout amen, Amen. but don't put it into action. Everybody say the rock. Matthew 16, verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. Remember Jesus had just got through asking them, who do men say that I am? And they started talking about reincarnation and all kinds of other things. He says, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. They could have just as well have said, you are Christ. Christ is not Jesus' surname. It's, it's a description. It's called the anointed one. It's a direct translation from Christos, which is translated from Hamashiach. I don't know why they translated Hamashiach to Greek. It's Christos, and then when they went to English, they didn't put the anointed one. That would solve a lot of problems. But here's the point. You are the anointed one. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, answered, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood's not revealed this to you. See, Jesus never told them he's the son of God. He came as the son of man. Kept referring to himself as man. Why? Because he's demonstrating on the earth how to live not as God, but as man. And we can learn from that. But now Peter has insight, revelation. You're the anointed one. He says, the only way you could have got that is if my father revealed to you. And I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, some people have, have seen that, uh, that this was talking about Peter, because the word Peter means Petros. It wasn't a name. His name was called, his name Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar means son of. So Simon, son of Jonah. So that Bar, when you hear a surname like Bar something, particularly in the in, in, in a Jew, that Hebrew means son of. That's their lineage. But that would be, their, that's how they would identify surnames. So he was Simon Bar-Jonah. So his name's Simon. Because you go read elsewhere, it also says Simon who's also called Peter. So he never, he, his name was always Simon. But why did he start referring to Peter? Jesus called him Peter. But not as a name. He gave it, says, I'm going to tell you who you are. Because the very word Simon, it's, it speaks of a rumor, a word, and which also has the other connotations of being a reed. So it's very soft and windblown. I mean, Peter, you just... You just tapped him and something stupid came out of his mouth, you know. I'm not speaking bad about the man. It's revealed by the, by the Word of God. And Jesus was helping him, and so he had to take him to a higher level. So when he said, he's, in, if you read this in the Greek, you are Petrus. So you, you're a rock, and on this rock, I will build my church. And I had the people say, well, rock and rock, well, that's why the church is built on Peter. That's not true. That's not true. Peter wasn't the first pope. Are you getting this? That's not the right scripture to use because they're two different Greek words. Petros is a, is a rock. You can think of a stone, okay? The word on this rock, Petra, speaks of like a mountain. It's a giant granite boulder. It's immovable. So you are Petros. And on the Petra, I will build my church. So now, Petros is a piece of Petra. You heard the phrase, a chip of the old block? The Petra, what is that? He said, you have heard that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. That means you have insight into the kingdom of God. You have revelation. It's that revelation, the spoken word, the hearing of God, not religious reading. It's knowing when you've heard, you've heard from God on that foundation, on that rock, you can be a Petros. You can be a rock. Now, you'll never be the rock. The rock is the foundation, the living Word of God. And you take that living Word of God, that revelation. So from that day on, he got this nickname, Petros. So that's where they called him Peter. That we translated it as Peter. But when you say Peter, you hear the English name, a name. What does Peter mean? I don't know. You know, most people don't know. Even Peters don't even know what their name always means until you find out in, in church. But it wasn't. It was a Greek. It was, you're, the, you're a rock, man. You're a rock. Every time they, he had a problem, when he had issues that we were dealing with, Jesus would say, now, Simon, you talk about this, this is the weakness of your flesh. 
But when he addressed him, he said, now listen, rock. That's when the Peter came up. This is who you are. Listen, Peter. He was saying, Petros, hey, rock, this is who you are. You are founded in a living rock. And you are just like that rock. That rock, that living word, is when you get the word of God and you hear it. And it causes faith to rise. And you're saying, yes, amen. And you're excited about what it's saying to you. And you, you know that the word is alive. And you know that he's given you these promises. And he's shown you the truth. No matter what comes your way. Doesn't matter what symptoms happen. Doesn't matter what sicknesses happen. Doesn't matter what the checkbook says. It doesn't matter what people said to you. Doesn't matter what people did and they shouldn't. And yeah, they mustn't and they, they should know better. It doesn't matter. Because when I have the word of God, I know I'm healed. Well, you don't sound healed. I am healed. The rock says I'm healed. I'm going to act healed. I'm going to live healed. Yeah, but you know, maybe you just lie down and crawl up and just take a no healed men don't lie in bed all day healed men get up and they walk and they go and they do what am I doing I'm putting into action that's time to tithe yeah but I got all these bills doesn't matter every month I don't care what happens God first his kingdom first what am I doing I'm acting on the word I'm not doing it in fear. I'm founded on the rock. I know as long as I honor God, honor His Word, He said He'll always come through. That's when the enemy may turn the wind up. He may turn the storm up. He may turn the waves up. He may turn, that stream starts beating vehemently. That's a, and talk about a little trickle going through the garden. It was a stream. It was a river hitting that house, man. But I can stand knowing that the word of God is yes and amen. amen. And what I'm going to do next? People say, what are you going to do now? What did I do yesterday? You put the word into action the way you always have. And then it manifests and someone says, wow, God eventually healed you, hey? No, you see, that, 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 that's a fool on sand. God didn't eventually heal me. Well, when were you healed? Ten days ago. Yeah, but I heard you coughing yesterday. Wind, storm, river. I'm going to stay with what God said. I am healed. You see, healing's not a promise. It is a fact. It is a truth. It's a law. You are healed. It's not a promise. Promise puts it in the future. No, you are healed. It's a truth. And if you know that truth, that truth will make you free every time. Come on, give him praise if you got something this morning. Let's stand together. Place your hand on your heart and say, today I've heard the living word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. And as a hearer of the word, I'm also a doer. Now you know why I keep confessing this, because it mustn't just be a good confession. 
It's an action. Say, when I hear God's Word, I act on it. As long as I'm acting on the Word, doing the Word, my house is locked in, tied down, founded in the rock of the living God. He is that rock. Jesus is my rock. He is the Word. And as I obey Him, do everything He says, I'm founded in the rock, tied in. It's not up to me to withstand the storm. I just keep the Word alive. Storms can come. Wind can blow. Rivers can flow. But I know it'll not harm me. It won't carry me away. Because the Word is doing the work. The rock is keeping this house solid. And I thank God that I have that Word, that I know that Word, that I abide in that Word, I continue in that Word, and that Word makes me free in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen.